Hi, this is Adrian, founder of Wikisleep. If you're enjoying these short clips of the podcast and would like to hear entire episodes, you can do that by going to wikisleep.com and downloading the Wikisleep app. It's simple, effective, and far more affordable than just about every other sleep tool that's out there. Plus, there's much more on the app, including meditations, white noise, a playlist builder, and other options to improve your sleep experience. You can start a free trial today and explore everything on the app. Just go to wikisleep.com to get started. Now, I hope you enjoy this shorter clip from the longer stories from Wikisleep. In the early hours of September 2nd, 1666, amidst the darkness of night, a spark ignited within Thomas Farriner's humble bakery on Pudding Lane. No one could have known that this simple spark would unleash a devastating inferno that would grip the city for nearly five harrowing days. Fueled by the scorching remnants of a long and arid summer, the fire devoured everything in its path. London, a city already teeming with life and industry, stood defenseless against this formidable adversary. Pudding Lane, a labyrinth of narrow streets, lay in the heart of a volatile district filled to the brim with perilous commodities. Warehouses teemed with timber, rope, and other volatile substances eagerly awaiting the fire's embrace. Unrelenting eastern winds were a malevolent accomplice, fanning the inferno's destructive fury from one dwelling to the next, as streets once teeming with activity now transformed into sinister corridors of chaos and despair. Over the course of five days and nights, the true danger of London's design would be exposed along with the ineptitude of its Lord Mayor. The Great Fire of London changed city planning and fire safety forever, but not until after 436 acres of the land were destroyed, 13,200 houses burned, and 87 churches razed. You're listening to Wikisleep. I'm Jonathan Buchanan. As we begin this fascinating story, take a moment to get settled. Enjoy a few long, deep breaths and let yourself fall into the story. Try to focus on my voice. And when your mind starts to wander, simply take another deep breath 
and return to the story. And if you find yourself drifting off to sleep, simply embrace it. By the 1660s, London was by far the largest city in Britain, estimated at half a million inhabitants. However, due to the Great Plague of London during the previous winter, its population had decreased significantly. John Evelyn, contrasting London against the Baroque magnificence of Paris, called it a wooden, northern, and inartificial congestion of houses, and expressed alarm about the fire hazards posed by the wood design of the majority of its buildings. London had been a Roman settlement for four centuries, and had become progressively more crowded inside its defensive city wall. It had also pushed outwards, beyond the wall, into squalid slums such as Shoreditch, Hoburn, and Southwark, and had reached far enough to include the independent city of Westminster. The city proper, the area bounded by the city wall and the River Thames, was only a part of London, covering some 700 acres and home to about 80,000 people or one-sixth of London's inhabitants. The city was surrounded by a ring of inner suburbs where most Londoners lived. The city was then, as now, the commercial heart of the capital, and was the largest market and busiest port in England, dominated by the trading and manufacturing classes. The wealthy shunned the old city, and lived either in the countryside beyond the slum suburbs, or in the exclusive Westminster district, the modern West End. The city was essentially medieval in its street plan, an overcrowded warren of narrow, winding, cobbled alleys. Building with wood and roofing with thatch had been prohibited for centuries but these cheap materials continued to be used despite the danger. The only major stone-built area was the wealthy centre of the city, where the mansions of the merchants and brokers stood on spacious lots surrounded by an inner ring of overcrowded poorer parishes, whose every inch of building space was used to accommodate the rapidly growing population. These parishes contained workplaces such as foundries, smithies, and glaziers, which were technically illegal in the city, but tolerated in practice. The human habitations were crowded to a bursting point, intermingled with these sources of heat, sparks, and pollution. The typical six- or seven-storey timbered London tenement houses had jetties of projecting upper floors. They had a 
narrow footprint at ground level, but maximized their use of land by encroaching on the street overhead, with the gradually increasing size of their upper stories. The fire hazard was well perceived when the top jetties all but met across the narrow alleys. If you're enjoying this Wikisleep story and would like to hear it in its entirety, full episodes are available on the Wikisleep app, where there is so much more to help you get to sleep. Simply visit the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and search Wikisleep. Or visit wikisleep.com where there are simple links to the app. And remember, we're not a regular sleep app. We're a cool sleep app. Affordable, fun, and endlessly interesting. <laughs>